Good morning and thank you for joining. My name is Jeremy Cohen. I'm your host for this morning's session and I'm a senior partner at the leading strategic and creative sustainability uh, advisory firm, Blurred. To mark five years as Signify, we are hosting a series of conversations with leading global experts. Today, we will reflect on the challenges and discuss some of the solutions, innovations and collective efforts today talking about circularity, but we've also been talking about the need to address climate, food availability, health and well-being, safety and security, and much more. So this is the second session that we're doing in this series, focusing on the move to a circular economy and asking how we can accelerate this urgently needed change. We're delighted to welcome Tahir Nakvi from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. Tahir has 25 years of industry experience in different countries, functions and leadership roles. He is the strategic partnership manager for the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, enabling businesses to implement circular economy solutions and to mobilize system solutions at scale by bringing together different actors in the system. From Signify, Annette Steinbusch is Project Office, Man Office Manager at the business unit 3D Printing, leading the sustainability program aiming to become truly circular on each stage of the production process. She will speak to the continued evolution of Phyllis My Creation, Signify's rapidly growing 3D printing business serving both consumer and commercial audiences. Annette, to hear, thank you so much for joining us today. So. I want to start off by talking about circular design. So could both of you, and maybe starting with you, Annette, talk about the key principles of circular design? And I say design specifically because I know that at Signify, that's where you start the process. So maybe, Annette, you can kick us off. Well, thank you, Jeremy. And uh, hello, everybody. Yeah, for circular design, um, we do recognize also the, the key principles as uh, promoted by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. So eliminate waste and pollution, circulate products and materials at the highest value and regenerate nature. And um, if we look then uh, within our 3D uh, printing program, uh, of course, not all of them are uh, equally relevant to our specific business. So we translate that in, in a bit more detail uh, to what we really want to achieve as the benefits for our customer. So which is then contributing to a circular economy, reducing CO2 emissions and eliminating waste. And, and let's just dig down into that whole idea of starting with design, because I know that um, some of the challenges here are thinking about circularity as an afterthought. How do you implement it at the beginning of the design process? I mean, first of uh, go ahead, Annette. Sorry, that was it for, for Annette to build on, but then I'll pass you to Tita. Yeah, um, we do look to our, uh, let's say, um, design rules. So uh, we, because if you if you look at it as an afterthought, and you will find out at the end of the process, and when you want to close the loop, that it simply doesn't work. And so. Uh, what is really important is that you uh, look to the materials that you use, that you have, uh, let's say, single materials, so not things mixed together because that's not good for recycling. Uh, we don't use any glue or potting, for instance, to make sure that we can actually disassemble at end of life. And um, so for all the different parts in the process, we have created these type of design rules that we actually then uh, use in the design of our new product series. And to hear, working in partnerships with other companies other than Signify, maybe you can talk about your experience of uh, companies that have managed to implement uh, circularity from the beginning of the process and why that's important. Yeah, uh, 
first of all, I would like to say that uh, sometimes uh, people confuse circular economy with recycling and they take a very narrow view of uh, circular economy, but actually circle, circular economy is a system solution framework uh, to manage the global challenges like biodiversity loss, climate change, waste, and pollution. So uh, with circular economy solutions, we are trying to look at the whole system. So it's, it's not just about uh, one product or about uh, one uh, uh, product line. So we look at the whole uh, business and try to see how we can change the whole business and move to uh, a more circular uh, solution. So when we talk about design, it should uh, we should also talk about not just designing the products, we should also talk about designing uh, the business model, uh, designing the supply chain and the whole system and look at, taking a systems view of the things and that's what we try to uh, do with our partners whenever we get into these discussions is to take a step back, look at the whole system and see how we can change the, the whole system and, and move uh, forward and uh, implement the solutions. So to, just to give you an example, uh, we have uh, initiatives in three areas, uh, plastics, fashion, and food. So if you look at plastics, uh, we try to bring all the actors in the system together to solve the plastic pollution. And uh, that is where we try to push in the concept of upstream innovation. So for example, if a company is selling shampoo, for example, uh, how can they not just design their uh, packaging to be recyclable, but also look at redesigning their whole shampoo as a concept. Can they change their shampoo as a product which does not need packaging at all? So can they sell their shampoo in a solid form uh, which can be delivered to consumers without packaging? So things like that, uh, uh, that's what we try to do. So it almost sounds that you're talking about uh, using circularity as a filter to everything an organization does at all stages of the process. Yes, uh, so it, it's a whole concept of changing your business and trying to move upstream solutions and looking at what, what business am I in? So for example, if, if you take a step back and you zoom out and look at what business I'm really in. So for example, for a car company, are they in business of making and selling cars or are they in business of mobility? So if you take that view, then everything changes. And then you can say, okay, we are a mobility solutions provider. And then with that view, uh, your whole business concept can change. You can get into innovative areas and find solutions of not just selling, making more and selling more cars, but getting into solutions like uh, can can we provide access instead of ownership of cars? And in when you do that, you don't need to make more and sell more to grow your business. You can use the existing stocks to continue your business by changing your business models 
And uh, by doing that, you have impact on climate change, biodiversity loss, waste and pollution, and, and you bring the circular economy principles together. Interesting. Um, we often talk with our clients about circularity being a journey, just like there are many elements of sustainability or a journey. And that um, Signifies exists now for, uh, for about five years. And I know that you've implemented circularity right from the beginning uh, of your existence as, as a separate entity. Where would you say you are on your sustainability journey and how important does circularity play a role in that? Well, I think uh, at Signify, we're well on track. Uh, we have this, uh, uh, actually the second program already about uh, better lives, uh, a brighter lives, better uh, world. Um, we have already achieved quite a lot in, in the first five years program. And we have, uh, I think last year kicked off the, the, the next program. If we look to, to circularity, then within uh, 3D printing, we actually um, focus on all four parts of the process. Because like Tahir already mentioned, uh, it, it's just not one action or one thing that you need to do. It's really looking to the total chain, to all the parts. So what we do is we focus on the materials that we use, on the way we produce, uh, but also on the type of products that we then create and then how to close the loop. So we focus on all four parts of that circle uh, and we make uh, every time step-by-step -step improvements in, in all four uh, of, of those parts. Um, it's also a journey. You do it step-by-step, -step, you learn while doing, you just start and, and get things done. And every time we, uh, yeah, we challenge ourselves to do uh, another step in one of those four parts of the process. So, so that's signified to hear um, Ellen McCaffrey Foundation is also for, for quite some years now. And, and again, uh, talking about circularity being uh, a journey for your partner organizations. What is the state of play? Where are we uh, with this movement towards a more circular economy, would you say? Yeah, I mean, there is tremendous uh, momentum, I would say, uh, towards circular economy. So uh, 10 years back, uh, circular economy was just a term. But now you see uh, it being part of uh, uh, policy. Uh, so if you look at uh, the European Green Deal, uh, circular economy is one of the key pillars of European Green Deal. Uh, you see that in, in documents of uh, governments at, at all levels. So you see national governments putting in circular economy policies uh, and roadmaps. And you also see cities like Amsterdam and, and Stockholm uh, putting circular economy uh, policies and, and roadmap in, in their policy documents. So... So there is a tremendous movement, uh, but we all know that uh, the global environmental challenges are, are right in front of us. If you look at the events of this summer, uh, you know that uh, we, we don't have time. So we need to move much faster. And uh, again, we need to bring different actors in the system together because we believe that no one company can make a change or no one government can make a change. This needs uh, systemic change. That's why uh, we need to bring all different actors together. So policymakers, 
companies, uh, educational institutions, uh, and startups and uh, the financial sector, they all have to come together and, and uh, promote this idea. So I would say, yes, the journey has started. There is tremendous movement. Uh, there is tremendous optimism with this uh, solution framework, uh, but we still have a long way to go and uh, we need to accelerate uh, implementation. Uh, so just to give you an example, like we have been working in the area of plastics and fashion for quite some time. And uh, now we are supporting uh, UN treaty to end plastic pollution. And uh, there is a business coalition that's, that has been formed to support, uh, to bring businesses together that support uh, policies that will eliminate plastic pollution. So policies like extended producer responsibility and uh, helping governments all over the world to come under one framework and provide level playing field and uh, moving forward in this uh, towards solutions towards pol plastic pollution. That's, uh, we're going to talk about uh, legislation and regulation a little bit later on, but that's interesting. Um, just want to point to one question which is coming from the, the, the audience, and I do want to encourage the audience, if you have questions, put them in the chat. Um, I'll be seeing what, which kind of questions come in and, and see if we can take some and incorporate them into the conversation. Um, but to hear that this is specifically for the hotel industry. So we've got someone from hotels wondering how they can implement um, some best practices when it comes to circularity in the hotel sector. I don't know if you've got any hotel partners that you could point to as a, an example. Of. Well, I, I would say going back to the three principles, el eliminate waste and pollution, circulate products and materials, and regenerate nature. So uh, different industries have different uh, needs and also the situations can change. But you, if you stick to these three principles and see what you can do, so how can you eliminate waste and pollution? How can you circulate products and materials? And how can you regenerate nature? Uh, and for uh, industry like hotel industry that has a, a very big uh, built environment footprint, uh, I can say that one of the ideas that uh, that comes from biomimicry is looking at your footprint and then trying to see if you were not there, what would have been there from nature. So if, if you didn't build a building, uh, most probably there would have been a forest uh, where you built your building. So... If you look at that and, and try to compare what would our forest have done? So a forest would have sequestered CO2. It would have uh, uh, sequestered rainwater. It would have given fresh uh, air and oxygen to breathe. So comparing your impact on the environment with impact what nature would have had is something which, which is a which is, a, which is an idea which uh, can be used as a benchmark. And some of, the, some of our partners are doing that and looking at the benchmark of forest and, and comparing it with their footprint and, and then trying to move towards what a forest would have done. So if you were not there, uh, what would have nature done and then benchmark against that? 
Okay, um, so look, we've started the conversation, I think, in, in quite a positive frame, but I do want to move on to where some of the challenges lie. And uh, and I know that Signify, you've taken a leadership position ahead of the rest of the industry. How do you bring the rest of the industry closer to where you are? And can you talk about where some of those challenges that you've faced in that journey are? Um, <clears throat> yeah, if you if you look uh, in, uh, specifically to lighting, because Signify is, of course, a lighting company, um, then there are uh, quite a lot of areas where we actually uh, have uh, great examples uh, for circularity in our uh, product portfolio. Um, in our Prof uh, Europe teams, uh, we have uh, store flow projectors meeting all the criteria for lighting for circularity that we have uh, created ourselves. Um, and also several products with biocircular materials. Uh, also products that are completely serviceable. Um, and especially if you look to the 3D printing part, there we actually went all in. So all our products are designed for circularity. So it's no longer just a, a single hero product or something. It's really our entire product line. And um, I'm, I'm sure that is also uh, expiring, uh, inspiring uh, a competition. Uh, we do look at each other, obviously. Um, huh? So we learn from what others do. Others learn from what we do. Um, but what you see there is that uh, in, in many cases, uh, others only really focus on one specific hero product uh, or one specific part of the process, like only focus on uh, reusing recycled materials. Um, we try to do it all. Um, but, but more important, we actually use only recycled materials and only biocircular materials for all our printed parts. So it's not just one hero product anymore. So that's really the type of leadership position uh, where we are at this moment. Uh, and of course, um, yeah, for the world, it would be much better if everybody will start doing these type of things. So it's not really a matter of uh, remaining ahead of competition huh, by using recycled materials. Uh, so it's really also about, um, yeah, all the other parts that we need to do. So why aren't they? Why are, why are they lagging? And, and where are the challenges that you face as, a, as a, an organization yourself and presumably they're facing as well? Yeah, well, uh, the, the challenges are in, in, in multiple areas. Sometimes it's really a matter of uh, availability. Um, um, not always it's, uh, it is easy to, to find the materials uh, to, to process into new stuff. It's sometimes technical uh, difficulties uh, because uh, uh, stuff can uh, age over time, so it might be more difficult to process. Um, it can be difficult to um, that uh, recycled materials are even more expensive than virgin materials. Um, so this, it's also valid the other way around. Some materials are, uh, are cheaper when they are recycled materials. So then at least the price helps uh, in the right direction. Um, another challenge is there is clearly a scaling issue. If we look to the recycling uh, industry, um, they also want to have uh, very large batches of uh, uh, and, and a regular flow of materials uh, to be reworked. But uh, typically in end of life, what you see there is that uh, a lot of 
small batches pop up now and then uh, with completely different uh, characteristics. So it's really difficult to match then the uh, the end of life uh, batches that pop up with uh, with the right recycling options. So that's uh, that's also uh, really a difficulty. So, so you've given us some insight there around some of the material challenges there, and you start talking about some of the economic challenges as well. Um, I wonder if you can pick up on that to hear. Where are the economic challenges for organizations wanting to uh, implement circularity into design? And uh, obviously they're at one end of the process at the design stage, and then of course you've got the consumer at the other end when they're actually needing to buy those products. Maybe you can talk us through some of the economic challenges that you see. Yeah, I already uh, mentioned the, the, the pricing part, uh, which is, of course, uh, very clear because it also means that if all the materials and all the components that you use uh, become more expensive or in, if the total of all the components become more expensive, that also means that the, the, that the price that you have to ask on your uh, final products or the way uh, that that also becomes higher. And it's really difficult for people um, already to make the more, most sustainable choice. Huh? Also, if you look to the supermarket, huh, you go shopping there yourself, do you always choose huh, the most sustainable alternative? I think a lot of people, yeah, not always make that choice yet. So pricing is clearly a thing. And um, yeah, and I think if you look to the different uh, uh uh, business models that we have. We're also really struggling to find the right business models for other ways of doing business. To hear, is this something that you're hearing from your partners that uh, cost and getting the consumers to, to take on some of that additional cost for the benefit of the planet and for circularity? Is that where the, what you're hearing in terms of um, the biggest challenge that they're facing? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, the system that we have has been perfected over many decades. So it's uh, primarily a linear system. So we live surrounded by a linear system and we are trying to push a circular system, which is a which is a totally new concept. Uh, and uh, obviously, all of our policies and laws are designed to promote the linear system. So it will take some time for the policies to shift. Uh, but we do uh, see some sh shift happening. So, for example, right now, if you look at uh, any business, there is no uh, cost or there is no tax on creating waste or creating pollution. Uh, so uh, there is no incentive uh, for businesses to uh, work towards uh, preventing pollution. But those things are changing. And... Uh, if you look at the new uh, generation of consumers, they are very much aware of the environmental issues and uh, they want to go for uh, sustainable uh, solutions. And that is where also uh, looking at new business models is important because, for example, uh, Signify pioneered the uh, light as a service or paper lux model, uh, which is a great example of decoupling your business from resource use. And that is the essence of circular economy, that if your business grows, uh, the energy and material requirement for your business should not proportionately grow. So decoupling your business from uh, resource use is the key. And that is where new circular business models are, are really important. But 
it it does need uh, support from policy, uh, and we need to start taxing uh, waste, pollution, and and using usage of virgin resources because virgin resources are limited, and uh, they will run out one day, and we cannot continue to run a linear system on a finite planet. Yes, at some point of time, everything will indeed come to a head. In the meantime, when we're trying to encourage organizations and consumers to do the right thing, what steps can we take? Is it about education, both on the customer side as well as the consumer side? Tehera, start with you on that. Yeah, I mean, education is a big part, and uh, we have come a long way in terms of education. Uh, so there is growing awareness about the issues that we are facing, and uh, customers are now demanding more sustainable solutions, and there is definitely pressure on the industry. So uh, this, even starting with, uh, with the education sector and looking at what we teach in our schools, uh, that's really important and creating awareness and education uh, about all the all the issues that we have. And uh, just to give you some idea of the amount of virgin resources we use, we extract 100 billion tons of virgin materials every year uh, from this planet. And, and that's that's a huge number. And it, it has grown four times in in the last 50 years. So we know that we ca cannot continue like this. We need a new system. And uh, education plays a big role. Uh, and uh, policy also plays a big role. So, so we started to get into the solutions, which is where I wanted to bring the conversation. Um, Annette, from your side, uh, education, is that uh, something that you see Signify playing a role to help your customers as well as consumers understand the choices they're making? Are you looking for more regulation to create that level playing field? What do you need as a company to um, further that journey of circularity? Well, education is obviously indeed very important. And uh, we also have our own Signify Academy where we try to uh, yeah, share a lot of information uh, about uh, a whole lot of topics all related to lighting and our company, but also related to sustainability and, and things you can do. So there we are uh, at least uh, trying to contribute our, our, uh, our share. Um, and for, um, yeah, you also mentioned about um, uh, regulations and frameworks. Yeah, it, it clearly helps to set the, uh, the directions um, it's very good to, to stimulate uh, preferred behavior uh, also with, uh, in the financial uh, area. Um, uh, I think a lot of uh, regulations and frameworks are also very useful to, to convert the last 10% uh, unwilling huh, when the majority is uh, already willing to make the change. But it should also clearly not hamper future innovations. Uh, um, so um, I think regulations are really important to, to supply clarity what needs to be the outcome, but not how that shall be achieved, because it's really important for businesses to keep space for innovations and new ideas, and it's really difficult to predict what will be the new invention in the next few years. Um, yeah, so there you also need uh, to give businesses some space to uh, find out how to do that uh, by themselves. 
Um, and also what was already mentioned, the leveling playing field is very important, which means that also market surveillance should be included. So if you make rules, then please also make sure that you police those rules so that all the companies that are doing the right thing and are willing to follow these rules and spend a lot of effort and, and time into innovations, uh, that they also uh, yeah, get the benefits out of that. And that those who play not by the rules, uh, that they actually will be uh, um, uh, found out and that they uh, uh, get also some consequences for that. To hear Ellen MacArthur has done so much as a foundation to bring different industries and players together and help them learn from each other. Do you see this as critical, the role of partnerships, the role of coalitions in tackling this problem? It's, it probably is too big for companies to tackle on their own, right? Exactly. Uh, you need all the actors in the systems uh, system coming together uh, to uh, solve these challenges. So that is one of the key things that we do. do. So we convene uh, different actors in the system uh, and we would bring uh, businesses, policymakers, startups uh, all together and, and try to move the system. And we need to move from uh, a mindset of competition to a mindset of cooperation uh, if we are to make uh, changes uh, and, and, come, uh, and implement a new system. So uh, that's critical. And uh, that's why we have recently launched a Circular Startup Index, uh, which is on our website, which basically lists all the startups that are working on circular solutions. So uh, companies can go and connect with them. Uh, financial institutions can go and support them uh, with their investments. Uh, and uh, through our different events, we, we try to bring all the different actors in the system together to discuss the critical issues and find solutions. Uh, Annette, I'm sorry, go ahead. You, you're going to say something about that. Yeah, and um, I think that's also a very high level uh, vision on partnerships. Uh, I wanted to add that uh, just to keep it practical, it's also very good to have uh, local or smaller one-to-one -one partnerships. Uh, for instance, uh, we also partner with a specific uh, a customer that we have, uh, which is a, a retail chain where we do all kinds of uh, pilots. For instance, uh, in, in this specific case, we did a pilot to, uh, to try to figure out how to do remanufacturing uh, for lead products uh, after 10 years of use. Uh, and we ended up with the results that were very good. Huh? So the product specs were as new. Uh, we were reusing 50% of uh, materials. We were re uh, saving more than 50% of carbon footprint. Uh, the customer was happy. We were happy. And we are now trying to figure out um, how to move from this initial pilot uh, and make it a business model so that we can also... Uh, use these learnings for other customers. And, and that sounds like a really small thing, one-on-one -on -one to do, but this is the way we have to learn. Uh, if we just keep talking about the really high-level end of partnerships and the, uh, uh, let's everybody in the world uh, cooperate and do not see each other as competition anymore, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's too difficult. That's really high-level. I think also the 
the, the practical partnerships hè, where you go with um, two or three partners and learn together. I think that's very important to make this switch uh, actually happening. Well, I, I would agree there. And uh, we, we need to work, look at the value chain. So uh, looking at the whole value chain from your suppliers to your end customers and then seeing what, what makes sense uh, and what makes sense for the full value chain and bringing the all the value chain actors together uh, to shift the system that is that is critical it's a good point um as we move into the last part of our conversation i do just want to uh, ask again if anyone has any questions in the audience you want to put them in the chat we'll see them and, uh, and see if we can incorporate them so last opportunity if you want to do that we've spoken on in this conversation about the challenges uh, we start to talk about some of the solutions there. I want to end by talking about the opportunities. Where do you get excited about the opportunities around circularity? If we are able to build these villages, these partnerships, these coalitions, um, what does that what does that actually change for your business? Uh, does it mean that you can bring the consumer or the customer more into the design journey with you, for example, on the Signify side? Is that something you envisage in that? Oh, we absolutely do. Um... So uh, with 3D printing, you get a lot of uh, completely new type uh, of, of manufacturing uh, advantages. So uh, that means we can print on demand, uh, we reduce waste by actually using waste for printing, or uh, if we have a little bit of production waste ourselves, we can reuse that as well. Um, we are local for local, uh, so we can we can also personalize uh, a lot of products um, by doing it local. We can do co-creation. Um, there are many advantages by simply using a completely different production uh, method. And uh, we actually see this as a, a mainstream manufacturing method for the future. Yeah, so that's uh, really exciting. And so here, what are you hearing from your partners? Where are where are people getting excited rather than feeling like the obligation of incorporating this? Where are they saying, you know, this is going to be growth for us? Yeah, I, I'll give you an example of a project that we did, uh, which was a challenge. It was called the Jeans Redesign Challenge. So we just picked one iconic clothing item and said, how can organizations redesign this to be fully circular. So we created a set of guidelines. And in the last three, four years, we have engaged more than 100 organizations uh, who have shifted their uh, design and created a totally new design wherein they make the whole system circular. So bringing in their suppliers, bringing in their raw material uh, uh, suppliers, and also the all the intermediate parties in, in between. And that uh, has resulted in uh, a great momentum in terms of how uh, the fashion industry has, has seen that uh, this thing can work. And if it can work on jeans, it can work on other items. So those, those are some of the things that we have done, which created a lot of energy and uh, created a shift in the system. So we have recently launched the Bigfoot Redesign Challenge, and we are doing the same thing there where we are uh, challenging the companies to redesign food 
to be totally regenerative so how how do you get into uh, ingredients that are regeneratively produced uh, how do you promote re regenerative agriculture across your value chain and how do you come out with a product that you can truly say hey this is a circular product and and put it in the market so so those are really exciting projects and and uh, there is great momentum and excitement around that and Annette, what's next for Signify in terms of circularity? Um, what's on your kind of roadmap as you think about the future? Yeah, there's still so many things to be done. Huh? We're clearly not there yet. Um, uh, so we will clearly continue in working on uh, the type of materials that we use. Uh, we will continue with all the uh, things that we do in production. Uh, we are already carbon neutral in our operations using renewable electricity. So that's already done. But uh, there's still uh, lots of other things that, that need to be done. Um, and... Um, Especially, the, um, we are working on uh, um, uh, EPDs, uh, environmental product declarations for all our uh, product series to actually prove, um, yeah, basically, huh, uh, uh, what is the environmental impact of those product series. And that's an awful lot of work. So we're really trying to, uh, yeah, to do our utmost to, to get that clarified so that people and our customers can actually see that. Um, and then the parts of, of really closing the loop uh, and not just for recycling, but also in uh, remanufacturing or refurbishing stuff or repairing stuff. Yeah, that's a big challenge because um, um, well, we now have our design rules for our new products to become completely circular. Uh, that was clearly not the case for products that were designed uh, 10, 20 years ago. Uh, and those are the ones that might now come out of the market. Uh, so we are trying to figure out how to do, uh, how to cope with those products. So, um, yeah, lots of challenges ahead. Yeah. Clearly, and lots of opportunities as well. To hear uh, for Ellen MacArthur, for, for the organization, what are your priorities? What are the things that you're talking to your partners about for the next year and years ahead? Where are you asking them to focus their attention? Well, uh, we have seen that there is a lot of momentum on the circulate part. Uh, so people have uh, really picked up the the second principle of circular economy which is circulate products and materials uh, but uh, not so much on eliminate and regenerate so we are focusing a lot on the regenerate part uh, which is really important because uh, uh, if you want to get uh, get into a truly circular world you have to uh, use all these three principles so there is a lot of focus on regenerative, uh, regenerative agriculture, regenerative products. Uh, how do we uh, ensure that we give to nature more than we, than we are taking from nature? So how do we give back to nature uh, and uh, regenerate uh, in, in the right way? So I would say eliminate and regenerate are quite a lot of focus areas for us. Uh, and we have, we have already made a lot of progress on circulate and, and we see a lot of momentum there. 
And uh, are you seeing um, more uh, companies who perhaps were slower to, to join the foundation in the past or other organizations trying to promote circularity? Is there, is there kind of growth in the sector of interest? Yes, our network, if you look at how our network has grown, uh, that's uh, quite telling on uh, how this concept has become so popular. And our network continues to grow. And uh, we have more than 200 organizations that are part of our formal network, and then thousands of organizations who are part of the community. So uh, working with our uh, strategic partners and partners uh, uh, trying to push uh, the boundaries, uh, that's what we are trying to do. And the next thing with opportunities, um, are your customers asking you to do more? Are they, uh, or they're asking to learn more about what you're doing in circularity? Is this a demand driver for you as a as an organisation? The that's a bit lacking, I would say. So customers are not that demanding yet on circularity. Uh, I wish they would be more demanding on circularity. And that they would actually, um, if they if they state that they think sustainability is important, that they would actually include uh, circularity uh, in their uh, procurement requirements. Um, but they're still, in a lot of cases, uh, looking at the things that they know from the past. Huh? Um, that they always ask for the same things and that they are not yet completely... Yeah, open for all the new innovative things that are possible. Um, so it, yeah, I think it would be nice if uh, if they would be a bit more demanding on that. Absolutely. Is that something you see as well to hear that there's some uh, hesitation on that uh, end customer side? Yeah, one of the issues I see is that uh, uh, these kind of discussions uh, kind of remain in the within the sustainability teams or or teams that are uh, more technical innovation R&D. So what we basically need is business leaders getting involved in this discussion and changing their business models and changing the way of doing business. So this is not something that you leave it to your sustainability team to figure out or your supply chain or, or your uh, other teams and delegate it to them. So I would say uh, business leaders themselves need to get involved and uh, and push this forward. Uh, unless we have people uh, who have PNL responsibilities getting involved, uh, we will see this uh, as as only a side project or or a pilot going on. Uh, but the what we need is basically the change in whole business. And I, and I know that's something that we see in Signify. I know that your CEO is, is very personally invested in sustainability uh, overall, but particularly in circularity. Um, are your investors also giving some appreciation for that? Are they showing interest in what the company is doing around uh, your circularity and sustainability efforts? Or is it something that they just expect you do, to, to do alongside the rest? No, there, there's great interest and there's also uh, very good appreciation for the things that we do. So, um, yeah, I think that that's important. Uh, like Tahir already mentioned, it should not be uh, 
the, the, the action or the hobby of, of just a sustainability department or an R&D department. It should be, uh, you should really go all in as business. And um, I think it's really uh, important because this uh, affects us all. Huh? So... Um, Excellent. Um, look, it's been a great discussion. I'm conscious of time. I, I just want to ask both of you if you can leave us with a few uh, final words of, of what you think are the most important things that you want our listeners on LinkedIn Live to take away from this conversation. Maybe here we can start with you. Yeah, one of the things is what is voluntary today will become mandatory tomorrow. So don't wait for that. Uh, change your business proactively and uh, look at the whole business. It's it's not about tweaking one product or, or making uh, a change as an afterthought. Uh, and it is, starts with design. So whenever it, uh, you are designing a new product, a new supply chain, a new business, uh, use the circular economy principles, easy to remember, eliminate, circulate, regenerate, and uh, uh, try to change uh, the take a systems view of, of things, not just one product or or one side uh, uh, initiative or, or a pilot. Uh, we we need business transformation. Indeed, uh, Annette, uh, final thoughts. Yeah, the. Um... A uh, continuous drive for improvement should be done by all stakeholders, businesses, governments, consumers, everybody. And it, because this matter of sustainability really affects us all, it's in fact already 20 minutes past 12. If you look at how nature acts uh, over the past uh, two months uh, alone, uh, it's, it's no longer uh, just a nice to have action. It's really about... Um, yeah, we need the, the, the rules, the regulations, the awareness everywhere. And uh, basically, it's about saving ourselves. And that should have started years ago. So we really need to catch up now as, as fast as light travels. And um, I would like to, to close with the, 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 the line of text that is on the entrance of our building. And it states... The greatest threat to our planet is believing that someone else will save it. And that's from Robert Swan. And uh, every morning when I enter the building, I see that statement. And yeah, it reminds me of how important it is that we actually work on this topic. Very powerful words for us to close with. So, so let me just try and wrap up. It's been, a, it's been a really good discussion, very robust. And we started off with Tahir's analogy around the forest. So we, we started here with the forest, and then we started about what we were extracting from that forest with our materials. Um, good conversations around what policies need to be uh, uh, to, policies need to be introduced so that we end up with a level playing field that signify another's need. And then uh, leading us into what it's going to take. So moving from the challenges into the solutions and the opportunities. And it's going to take a village for us to get there. It's going to take us looking at the entire uh, value chain, uh, but then looking for ways to actually turn these the, the challenges and those solutions into opportunities. So what personalization can bring greater customer intimacy, the opportunity of redesigning uh, existing models and redesigning products which have existed for decades but need to be redesigned in this regenerative approach that um, uh, Tahir talked us through. 
And I think that the one thing that Annette said that's going to stay with me is that we actually need customers and consumers to demand more, to push organizations, partners of Ellen MacArthur, but also signify to do more and that you're leaning in ready for those conversations, but uh, the demand is, is not quite there. And so education has a, an important role to play. So we started with the forest, we finished with the village, and I think that's an excellent place for us to, to finish this conversation. I want to thank you, Annette. I want to thank you to here and all the people who've dialed in today to, to listen to this conversation. Thank you so much. And please come back for the next one.